Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from the tech and business world and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today, we have Chafin Putagunta, a general partner at Benchmark though he's done a lot of other super impressive, very interesting things, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Chapin, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here too. It is such a pleasure to have you. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Chorus Meditation. Chorus is virtual instructor-led group meditation and breathing classes that make you feel better from your very first class. Co-founded by a former hedge fund analyst and a top SoulCycle instructor, Chorus makes it easy and fun to de-stress with their unique blend of meditation and breathing to the beat of popular music. If you're feeling stressed and looking to take care of yourself, you've tried traditional meditation and it's never really clicked, or you've thought meditation just wasn't for you, you should try Chorus. To get a one-month free trial, use the promo code HelloHello at ChorusMeditation.com. You'll get unlimited access to all their live and on-demand classes for a month. Feel better now with Chorus. For you, dear listeners of Non-Technical, I'm going to do a quick overview of some of Chapin's accomplishments today, and then we'll take a sharp left into the non-technical realm. So Chapin Putagunta is a general partner at Benchmark. He currently serves on the boards of Elastic, Sketch, Pachyderm, Duffel, and Modern Treasury. He previously led investments in and served on the boards of MuleSoft, Acquia, MongoDB, and Scout. Chathan holds a BS in electrical engineering from Stanford University. Okay, Chathan, welcome again to Non-Technical. Thank you. And we're going to not talk about software. Isn't that fun? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. We'll see. I mean, I talk about software basically like all day, every day. That's true. I mean, you know, we could take a dip in there. Do you end up talking about software a lot after work? You know, it's like kind of blends in. I think one of the interesting things about being an investor, especially an early stage investor, is that you're constantly thinking about a certain topic. And, Mm. um, you know, my investment style and see, we're just ignoring (laughs) non-technical altogether and getting Oh, don't you worry. I'm going to get us right back there. Don't you worry. (laughs) There isn't sort of like a a set of hours that I think about it. It's just stuff that just happens kind of all the time, every day. Well, It's funny you say that because I do think that one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on is that not only do I get smarter by following you on Twitter, but I also feel like I get to see some of your personality. Right. One of the things that stuck out to me recently, I noticed you tweet a lot about Galab Jamin. Yes. Yes. Like a lot. I do. (laughs) It is one of my favorite desserts. It's very delicious. It's super delicious. And one of the things that I always loved about it, even growing up, is that it's super accessible. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is that you can kind of get gulab jamun anywhere in the world yeah. where there's an Indian restaurant. And one of yeah. the interesting things about Indian food is that at this moment in time, it's kind of everywhere. And it's a certain style that has sort of like permeated worldwide Indian food. And mm. it, it's become sort of like very comfort food-esque. And as yeah. part of the comfort food-esque theme, gulab jamun tends to be on dessert menus in most Indian restaurants anywhere in the country, around the world, and stuff like that. So it's one of those like comfort foods that I access a lot. That's amazing. <laughs> I like it a lot. I think the only time I've had gulab jamun was in India. Oh, okay. I felt very straight to the source. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I actually looked it up. I have to tell you the truth. You've tweeted 22 times about gulab jamun. Have I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I think it's pretty interesting 
once I started tweeting about it, just how many people sort of identified with it. Oh, yeah. Did you find people coming out of the woodwork? Yeah. Like me too. Absolutely. And other people that I work with professionally were like, well, how come we haven't shared gulab jamun? Like, what? (laughs) why haven't we done that? And, you know, food is one of those things that is sort of like a a transcendent um, medium to make connection that, Hmm. you know, I think I really miss in this particular time, like sharing food with people. Totally. And that's, that is by far like one of the top things, if not the, my favorite thing to do with people, in addition to talking about software, (laughs) is, (laughs) is sharing a meal. And, you know, I think there's something like super personal about sharing a meal and especially sharing sort of like food that that you personally have a lot of attachment to or have a Definitely. lot of sort of like history with. And, you know, there's so many stories around food that can be shared in that medium. And, you know, in this like COVID times, it's one of the things that I really, really, really miss is Me sharing too. food with people. Actually, I think you mentioned that you're doing some cooking right now. Yes. Are you doing more cooking now? I am. And it's going in waves. So... I cooked a lot right, you know, as soon as we sort of like went to lockdown, because I was like, oh, wow, I have all this time that yes. I'm not commuting or I'm not sure. doing whatever, not traveling. And so I got really into cooking. I bought an Instant Pot and... Dude, I love the Instant Pot. <laughs> me too. I think it's an incredible instrument. Um, bought a bunch of cookbooks and started like really getting into it. And I was, okay. I, I think it's it's awesome. And then... You know, once I started like cooking on the Instant Pot, then I started like branching out a little bit. I started Ooh. baking a little bit more. Oh, wait, what are you baking? There was a period of time where I was baking scones a lot. <gasps> are you serious? <laughs> yeah, blueberry wait, how, scones. Did you know that I love scones? No, I didn't know that. I, scones are my gulab jamun. Oh, really? Yeah. How many times have you tweeted about scones? <laughs> Definitely a non-zero number of times. But famously, I've talked about scones on this podcast multiple times. And one of my other guests mm-hmm. said that scones were his least favorite pastry. Oh, why? Isn't that dark? That is. Why? I think it was just that there are so many other in his opinion, better pastries. And I completely take issue with that. I think scones are flawless. Scones are awesome. So I like pastries that pair well with like coffee. I think pastries oh my God. and coffee are like Yes, the best. you're absolutely talking my language. One of the things that I've really embraced in COVID times, because whatever, like I can, I can have pastries every morning. Yeah, of course. Um, with my coffee. And so this is why like baking scones has become a thing because I can have a pastry with coffee in the morning now. You're having an ideal morning. It's great, isn't it? It's so decadent. It's so (laughs) decadent. You're 100% right, especially the fact that these scones are homemade. You're having a homemade scone in the morning. It's a a decadent experience. It's like flaky, it's buttery. And like, you know, the recipe may call for a stick of butter, but what the heck, let's put two sticks in. Hey, why not? not? You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to know? Exactly. (laughs) It's been fun to cook a bit more. But there have been also times where I've just gotten tired of cooking and then I've just gone all in on like takeout. Of course. Then come back out, you know, like, you know, I go a week where I just have a lot of burritos. There was a week where I was just like really into burritos for some reason. 
I asked Megan Quinn, who I also interviewed for this podcast, if she had a favorite burrito spot in San Francisco. Uh And I don't believe that she provided me with one, but we agreed this would be a very controversial statement to make. So I'm wondering (laughs) if you, Jathan, are willing to make that controversial statement. I really like like papalote in San Francisco. I think the use of potatoes and carrots in a burrito is super unique. Yeah. I don't know how, you know, how common it is, but I have found that like putting potatoes and carrots instead of a burrito Hmm. is really unique and that they do it and it tastes really good. And like, turns out adding extra starch and carbs on top of (laughs) like really good rice. uh, Doubling the amount of butter in a scone could make it taste better. Really in wild times over here. Well, I appreciate you being willing to stand up and take a stand (laughs) for what you believe in. Of course. Papalote. And the sauce is really good too. The papalote sauce, which you can now buy, which I have found now that I'm cooking, is that you can buy the papalote sauce Okay. In almost every grocery store, which is pretty Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. They're really good. Have you tried to make gulab jamun? I have. Yeah. How did it go? Great. I mean, there's so two ways to make it. One, you can buy, you know, much like you can buy cake mix, you can buy gulab jamun mix. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's really fast. You just sort of add, uh, depends on the mix, but like sometimes it's just as simple as like adding milk and water and you're going... And, you know, it's fast. It's super fast. That's amazing. You just just fry them really fast and then you make a simple sugar syrup and then you soak them in that, you know, for a couple hours and you're good to go. You can make them from scratch, which is a bit tougher. And the problem with making it from scratch is that you're not going to necessarily get really smooth surfaces when you okay. start rolling the glove jumps themselves. Ah, okay. Because it's like really hard to get, well, I don't know how hard it is. It, I'm just speaking from my personal experience. Sure, sure. It's hard for me <laughs> to create really smooth spheres yeah. when I'm rolling it if I make it from scratch. However, with like a mix, the the sort of like mix tends to be smoothed out because it's, you know, probably mass produced. Sure. When you're rolling the gulab jamun, do you find that you want them all to be perfectly identical or are you willing to get a little more like loosey-goosey with it? I don't mind if they're if they're not perfectly identical at all. They fry better if they're smooth. You know, if you have like cracks oh, and like... I didn't know that. Or like dimples or like the surfaces aren't smooth. They don't fry as well. And then like some parts of the, the gulab jamun like get crunchier and the other parts sure. are soft and then when you put them in the sugar mm. like they don't absorb evenly ah. and then it's like what are we good what are we doing well then it's a whole thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what is this amateur hour yeah exactly. no uh-huh, of course wow <laughs> like, this makes me want to try to make a lab jamen <laughs> yeah i mean the the mixes are available are okay. also very easy to find they're almost in every indian grocery store they sell them on amazon now so i don't know i'm oh, not wow. actually oh my god thanks jeff bezos yeah <laughs> He really is making the everything store, but (laughs) I haven't tried buying the mix on Amazon yet. However, they are fairly available in Indian stores in the Bay Area. So, well, maybe I'll try it and I'll let you know how it goes. I'm sure there are Indian stores in Florida. And there have to be. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I've had Indian food in Florida. So one of the things that you do and, you know, we did as a family growing up is that whenever we went on vacation, we would sure. have Indian food in the place that we went. Really? No matter where you went? No matter where we went. We would like try the Indian food there. 
Okay. And so I grew up in the D.C. suburbs. And so we drove to Florida a couple times. Yeah. And, you know, for Disney and for Kennedy Space Center and Cape Canaveral, Orlando, the greater Orlando area. (laughs) 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 And so I've had Indian food in Florida and it was good. What was the most surprising Indian food you had on one of those excursions? Las Vegas. Really? Yes. Okay, Las Vegas. Vegas. Like random, right? Like why would we went to Las Vegas as a family and Mm -hmm. we went out into, you know, outside of like the main strip area and like went and had Indian food and it was good. Okay. Wow. I really learned something about Las Vegas today. That's really cool. Yeah. That was, that was a unique experience. That's really neat. Was there anything that your family did growing up that at the time you thought was really normal? And then when you got older, you realized was actually extremely strange. Well, this specifically was, (laughs) was that, which was that I just assumed that if you went on vacation, like you would have Indian food, which is not normal. But now (laughs) you can kind of see how that's carried over to like how I think about gulab jamun whenever I travel too. Like I, yes, that's so true. I tend to have Indian food when I travel. Okay. And, you know, I was traveling in Scotland, which is like a fairly remote area of Scotland. And there was an Indian restaurant in one of these towns, like really really tiny towns. I'm talking like a town with like 10 buildings and there was an Indian restaurant. And I walked in. Oh my God. And I had Indian food and they had gulab jamun on the menu. That was the only dessert they had. That's amazing. (laughs) That's how accessible it was. And so that's something that I've kept up. And And I think it was like, it feels extremely weird that I do this, but whatever. It's just like continue to carry on. I think that's incredible. And I really do think that scones are my gulab jamun because I love to try different coffee roasts and stuff when right. I travel. And then pairing that with a scone is true perfection. I mean, coffee and a breakfast pastry is remarkable. I don't understand how you could like not enjoy that. What's up I with know. that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? You know, the world is full of questions without answers. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Have you ever been known as the something person, like in high school or at work or in any part of your life? In high school, I'm I'm 100% confident I was the drama girl or the theater girl. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that you pretended to act surprised for that. You're like, oh, what an interesting <laughs> fact I didn't already absolutely assume about you. <laughs> Were you part of like the drama club, theater, and all that stuff? Oh, I was definitely using the school play to get out of every yeah. sport, absolutely sure. every opportunity I could. And then I did summer theater growing up as well. But I was never in like the theater club group because oh. I was equal parts academic nerd and theater nerd. Yeah. So. I was really a nerd without a place, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I do know that I tend to be overly optimistic. And in most rooms, I tend to be the most optimistic person. Mm. Perhaps that might be the thing that I'm known for in most places is that I probably laugh too much. Oh my God, there's no such thing. There is no such thing. (laughs) You know, like a serious conversation and I'll laugh at something because it'll it'll just be like comedy to me. And (laughs) at times that has upset people, I will admit. Like there have been been conversations where it's like a one-on-one conversation and I will laugh. And then the other person (laughs) is just like stone-faced. And I was like, oh, that wasn't, oh, sorry. (laughs) 
Do you ever laugh because you're tense or uncomfortable? Of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course. That happens for sure. I've done that before, not in a like one-on-one setting, but I remember I was competing in a mock trial tournament in college okay. and I laughed at something that I was not supposed to laugh mm. at. And I tried to cover that by coughing. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And I couldn't stop laughing, but I felt terrible because it was at something somebody else had done. Yes. And so the judge, the fake judge, um, stopped the tournament. He, they stopped the, the trial and they were like, do you need a second? <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I did debate in high school. Oh, really? Did you do mock trial in high school also? I didn't do it in high school. I was too busy in the plays. Oh, I see. What's the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So tiniest being like completely inconsequential, I'm assuming. Exactly. You know, I really like Christmas decorations. I really wish like Christmas decoration season was a little bit longer. I think Christmas lights are super festive and like, so keep them up. Why can't we go from like, I don't know, September to March with Christmas decorations? Ooh, okay. Oh, I have so many questions. Okay. So my first question is, when do you take down your own Christmas decor? I really don't like taking it down. Okay. Is it up right now? You can tell me the truth. (laughs) (laughs) No. So it's not up right now because (laughs) there is sort of like a time where you start feeling embarrassed by it. And I feel like the judgment level of having Christmas decoration up is inverse to how close or far away you are from December. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're on the polar opposite side of that calendar, like that's maximum judgment. Yeah, I agree. The closer you get, like the judgment goes down. And there's no judgment like between Thanksgiving and Christmas because everybody's like, oh, this is season appropriate. I do think that June, July is peak judgment zone because it is the farthest away from the holiday. Right. And so it's really about like proximity to the 25th. Yeah. But also, like, how delightful would it be to have, like, a summer Christmas? That sounds I think that sounds great. Well, do you decorate for any other holidays? No. I mean, this this, uh, is an opportunity. You know, there are Indian holidays, which, Mm -hmm. like, Diwali is, you know, know, lots of flowers, lots of lights. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could do a bunch of decorating for that, but it's not quite as extensive as Christmas decorations. And it's probably because like having grown up in America and not sort of going to Target and seeing lots of Diwali decoration options that I haven't accumulated that. But do you decorate for holidays as an example? Here's what I wish. I wish that I could answer you and be like, I absolutely decorate for all holidays. My house always looks beautiful and festive. But the truth is, if I get a wreath up on the door by the 23rd, that is a Christmas miracle for sure. <laughs> because I never spend the holidays at my house. I'm okay. always going going home or, or spending right. it with, you know, family. And so I get to this point where I'm like, oh, I should put some lights up. That would be nice. And then I'm like... <laughs> For whom? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right. I aspire to decorate. I guess in July, you have July 4th, but like what else is happening in between like June and August that's worth decorating? I think that you can make decorating for these holidays your own thing. I see. You could totally decorate for July 4th a few weeks before that. And then you could, you could do Valentine's Day decor that's coming up. True. That's true. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be lovely? You could do red lights and white lights and pink little hearts, cupids, et cetera. You could have roses everywhere who wouldn't love that that's true i do like the christmas colors though okay oh, i okay. like ornaments 
Okay, we like ornaments, red, white, and green. Okay, so then maybe you could... Columbus, famous Italian. You could celebrate... (laughs) (laughs) You could celebrate Columbus Day uh, with the colors of the Italian flag, red, white, and green. Perfect. Feels like you know we Does it? I think that fell right down the middle. That was perfect. (laughs) Oh, man. Perfect product market fit on that one, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> product market fit now like you're touching on software topics again when's my show <laughs> right right it's true it's true i know your ears perk up but you're like product market fit yes what's the tam <laughs> <laughs> right exactly the infinite search for product market fit truly but i just am saying be the decor be the decorator that you want to see in the world yeah. i think that there is opportunity here for you to expand personally that's true i'll support you okay yeah judgment judgment free zone i just actually just want to extend christmas decorating a little bit longer i want to like maybe leave it up until february next year and see what happens really yeah can i tell you the truth i struggle with christmas decor literally the day after christmas what do you mean why because it's over Uh, it's done but what i would totally be supportive of is starting earlier okay so i would actually take the window in the other direction there's so much anticipation with Christmas. You've got the wrapped gifts. You don't know what's in them. You get to see people who you love. So I think extending the anticipation of it would be really cool. Oh, so go the other way. Start at Halloween. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Throw those jack-o'-lanterns right in the trash and then Christmas tree goes up immediately. Yeah. Okay. November 1, it's up. That's great. And you will have just taken down all of your new beautiful Diwali decor as well. (laughs) So you'll you'll have lots of room. Right. Exactly. Okay. That's what this we're is a pretty do. good plan. 2021, <laughs> we're throwing up the Christmas tree November 1. Here we go. Love it. Okay, See I'm excited happens. for you. Is there a fad that you have participated in in your life that now when you look back on it, it makes you a little cringy? Do you remember Tamagotchis? Of course I remember Tamagotchis. Do you like go all in yes, on Tamagotchis? I, absolutely. I was reflecting on Tamagotchis, I kid you not, three days ago because it occurred to me that now that I wear a Fitbit, I have become the Tamagotchi. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Think about explaining that to like a 10-year-old today, why you would have a goofy like egg-looking thing yeah. with three buttons on it Yeah. with like a, a little like dotted pet that you're yep. like obsessed about. Like yeah. what? That It's like nonsensical at this point. Were you good at keeping them alive? I was at the very beginning and then I wasn't. Okay. And I was like very bad at it. Everybody in school was into it. Like I feel like oh, yeah. everybody had one. Did yours get confiscated? Ours got taken. No, we didn't. I don't know. For some reason, like our teachers were like really kind and we were like allowed to like play with them in class. Oh, that was not going to fly at the Indian Mountain School. Let me tell you, <laughs> our Tamagotchis got fully confiscated really? because they kept, they kept beeping in class. Oh, we just had to figure out, a, I, like, I think there was like a version of Tamagotchi where you could turn off the sound. <gasps> oh. And I think if you turned off your sound, mm. it was okay. Okay. I didn't, I didn't have uh, access to that type of technology <laughs> that, at, at the time. Have you seen these TikTok videos where like Gen Z people like roast millennials for our yes, like have. 90s habits. Yes, <laughs> and yes I am familiar. I think, like <laughs> part of it is deserved. Like, I mean, I'm so nostalgic for these 90s things, but Tamagotchis, Lunchables, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm slightly embarrassed by it, but like, I really love those Lunchables pizzas. 
I was never allowed to have them. And it was all I wanted. It was all I wanted. My mom didn't think they were healthy enough. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they were definitely not healthy. I mean, it's, I mean, she was right for yeah. sure, but I wanted it so badly. And I remember one time I got a Lunchable and I don't even remember why, but it was a special occasion. I had friends who had Lunchables every day. Every day? Every day. I wasn't allowed to have them every day. I was allowed to have one per week. That's perfect. And so we got them at Costco. And so we Great. got the Costco Lunchables pack, which was like the variety pack where you got like the ham and cheese and ca- crackers Sure. You got the nachos with the cheese dip and salsa. Classic. You got the pizza. Yeah. Which was like... I I remember these so vividly that it's like... (laughs) (laughs) My least favorite part of the Lunchable was the Capri Sun. I loved Capri Sun. Your least favorite part? Yeah, but the straw... Oh, yeah. Into the pouch was no, a impossible. disaster. For sure. I just struggled with it. And that was like... Yeah. It was just not, not my jam. I would love for Capri Suns to make a comeback, but in some way for them to make it like a sustainable Capri Sun. Do you know what I mean? No. Tell me more. Like if the pouch was eco-friendly and then what was inside didn't feel radioactive because I really loved the poking of the Capri Sun. Yes. I mean, it's hard, but it's a hard fought challenge that was enjoyable in the end. Right. Right. So I would like that to come back. So this is why Gen Z makes fun of us, by yes. the way. What's happening right now is a Gen Z nightmare. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yes. It's like, it's like you know, we had this like ultra processed, really high sugar content food that yeah. we're like craving for and nostalgic yeah. for. And it just looked down upon. Totally. I mean, I think the fact that the flavor blue raspberry exists kind of sums it all <laughs> up, you know? <laughs> Right. Like, what? Why? Yeah. (laughs) So the two fads, Tamagotchi and Lunchables, I was was all about both. Totally. Like I said, I would have been jealous of you at the time. I would like to see Capri Suns come back or at least that pouch format. Find yeah. very enjoyable, maybe. I had one recently. I don't remember what a Capri the Sun. Was. I did, yeah. I think I was this was before COVID times. I went to a one of my friends, you know, his his son had a you know birthday party and he invited his friends. And so he had like he had Capri Sun there and I took one. Oh and my I had god. It, and it was it was delicious. That's epic. It was do you awesome. know what I just realized that do you remember growing up? Did you ever have 80s parties or like 60s throwback where people no. dressed up from different decades? Okay, Mm-mm. so this was a big thing at my school where different dances and things were always like decade throwbacks. And I'm just now becoming acutely aware that if generations keep doing that, that like right now is going to get parodied. And then like the first, like the 2010s are going to get parodied. And I feel like we are in for like the most savage roast of our lives by 10 year olds. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yes, you're right. I can only imagine. It's not going to end up well. (laughs) I'm not looking forward to it. Um, What is the most memorable gift you've ever received? I've received lots of great gifts, but as a kid, I got, and I remember this being like my favorite present of all time. There were these Power Rangers that Mm -hmm. had these like buttons on them where you like push down on it, the top head of them would like flip Cool. from like the human to like the masked version. That's awesome. I loved that. That was like amazing. And then... Legos were always like, 
you know, every time anybody gave me Legos, they were like my favorite person in the world. Were you the type of Lego builder child that would build your own designs or were using, were you using kits that told you like, here's how to build a boat? So version one would be, I would build the set as it was intended. Okay. Okay. And then I would play with that until I got Mm, bored of it. And then I would create my own design. Look at that. And then I subscribed to the Lego magazine. I don't know if that's still a thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like have to touch on business models and software every once in a while. But like (laughs) talk about like the initial sort of like pre-internet world where, you know, you're basically encouraging network effects by sending this magazine (laughs) to kids and saying like, hey, like create these designs, share them with your friends, get them in the Legos. Like, wow, we made it a whole 40 minutes before someone said network effects. I, I had to go there. I totally get it. You're right, too. Yeah. So those Legos were great. And then one of my friends got the Lego monorail set, which was at the time that I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but it was like the biggest Lego set that was available at Toys R Us. Like, wow, that was the one that was like at the far end Mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. aisle. And it was like this giant box. And we'd always like walk by and be like, man, wow, that looks so cool. Of course. If it was the 90s and something came in a big box, you had to have that. Yeah. I mean, that's how you knew that it was a good present. Exactly. And I was never able to like convince my parents that like spending whatever it was. It was like, you know, because it was the giant box, it was like obviously most absurdly priced too. Oh yeah, naturally. The math never made sense because it was like the number of pieces to like how much it costs. Like it's like, you don't buy that. But one of my friends got it. The CPLP cost per Lego piece was ridiculous. Bad ratio. Bad Mm -hmm. ratio. Yeah. And you just would never, would never go there. But one of my friends got it. And I was just like, I remember going to my friend's house and he was like building it and we built it together. And uh, that monorail set consumed us for a month. I'm sure. It was like the coolest thing ever. Even though you didn't get the gift, the fact that your friend got it, it is similar. Like yeah. my friend used to get a bunch of the doll stuff. I was allowed to get like a normal amount of doll stuff and she was allowed to get an unprecedented amount of doll stuff. <laughs> right. You know, it was fine. She's my best friend. So it was like kind of mine too. So that was really nice. If you had like friends that were also getting Lego sets, that yeah. was cool. That is cool. Chathan, who would play you in a movie about your life? Brad Pitt. Yeah, hell Yeah. What era of your life? Or is this a biopic? Biopic. Why don't we just have Brad Full Pitt? life? Yeah, go for all of it. Like, go for Love that. You know, CGI Brad Pitt. Okay. Plays young yep. me. Love that. And then all the way through. That's beautiful. Or Ryan Gosling. That would be pick number two. Yeah. But I've, and those are really strong picks. And they're both great actors. I think they could capture your essence. Yeah. They're, I think that they would both do really well at like laughing a lot. And then I'm sure that they would both be willing to learn a ton about enterprise software. Wouldn't they? I mean... Yeah. Who wouldn't? And Brad Pitt and Ryan Gosling kind of came close because they you know, learned about mortgage bonds when they did the big short. So it's like go. one click away from enterprise software. And that would be the pitch to them when yeah. we get in touch. Yeah. And then Ryan Gosling could play... I don't how old I don't know how old Ryan Gosling is. I also don't know how old Ryan Gosling is now that you mention it. I'm Googling it. I'm so curious. I'm gonna say he's I'm gonna say uh, uh 30, no, uh, 39. Close. He's 40. Oh, 
That's really good. Oh, yay. So I guess, yeah, Ryan Gosling could play, like, right now me. Okay. And and it could transition to Brad Pitt. Like Brad oh, Pitt I lo- yeah, like they too. could hand it off. And so yeah. what do you think about younger than the Ryan Gosling stage? I don't, I don't have anybody in mind. Any suggestions? I mean, I think there's a lot of incredible technology that could just, of course, de-age. I mean, yeah. we could do this the Irishman style. Yeah. And just de-age Ryan Gosling and, and age him up yeah. for the later years. That's true. How old's Timothy Chalamet? How old is he? I think he's 23. There you go. So he that'd be perfect. Yeah. That's great. And he's probably looking for a new exciting role to take yeah, on. Exactly. Have you heard the Hassan Minaj whole bit on Timothy Chalamet? Like how Americans can pronounce Timothy oh, Chalamet, yeah. but so they ridiculous. can't do Hassan Minaj. <laughs> it's re- it's completely absurd. I know. Uh, I think I've I've heard similar commentary about Ansel Igort. Like okay, everyone yeah, learned right. how to say his name, right. but he can't say Hassan right. Minaj. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Totally. Wow. Okay. So this movie is going to be sick. I'm really excited for it to come out. Right. What makes you laugh? I know you mentioned you laugh a lot. Almost anything. Oh my God. You're my favorite type of friend. Honestly, (laughs) I love that. I think it's, I tend to be super optimistic about the world and try to see sort of like, even in really dark times, sort of like, and we've been, man, have are we in some dark times? Yeah, and if there was ever a time <laughs> to put that theory to the test, my friend. Ooh, um, <laughs> Here we go. Certainly, you know, sort of like second half of 2020, all the way up till yesterday has been an unbelievably volatile time. Beyond. Wow, has it been has it been a time? Do you meditate? I do. Really? I do, yeah. Chapin, you're the first person ever on non-technical to say that they meditate. Yes. Oh my God. I've been waiting for this moment. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) This is huge. I'm surprised. You have like tech people on. I I feel like meditation is like a tech thing. There's a reason why I've been asking everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I just do it sort of without any aids. I just do sort of like breathing focus really yeah yeah breathing and quiet time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what's really interesting is that it's been harder for me to meditate or sort of like focus on sort of like the stillness of it all Mm -hmm. in the time where i've been home all day oh (laughs) sure Yeah, but I mean, there are a thousand reasons why that is very reasonable. You're like, it's so weird that it's hard for me to focus amidst um, like the world completely falling apart around (laughs) me. I can't believe I can't sit still with only my own thoughts while the entire world is on fire. Uh, Like, I think you're good. Don't worry. I'm sure that you're honored to be the first person on non-technical to I'm surprised, frankly. I know. Me too. Very surprised. Chathan, what would you title your memoir? I never thought of it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what what would you title what would you title your memoir? I don't know. You- <laughs> <laughs> I asked you. No, I've definitely answered this question before. Uh I don't know. Probably so- I- I'd go with Glove Gemin. Oh, that's a perfect one. Yeah, let's go with that. I really like that. Maybe mine would be like, who's to say? Scones. <laughs> Scones. <laughs> oh, I love pastries. that. Galab Jamin would be a fabulous memoir title. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I support you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Chathan. 
This episode is still brought to you by Chorus Meditation. Chorus is virtual instructor-led group meditation and breathing classes that make you feel better from your very first class. Unlike traditional meditation, which is typically done alone, can be boring, and takes weeks to feel a difference, Chorus is social with warm, personable teachers and amazing fellow classgoers, fun with new and popular music, and gives you a tingling sensation created by the breathing pattern. Chorus is for you if you want to be at your best. Just like physical exercise, you can be in good mental shape too. That makes all the difference for anything in your life, from creative inspiration to building a great company. To get a one-month free trial, use the promo code HelloHello at ChorusMeditation.com. You'll get unlimited access to all their live and on-demand classes for one month. Feel better now with Chorus. Okay, and now we're back with Chapin. Let me tell you this. We've come to our lightning round. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Chapin, coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? With milk. Just like from a cow, any fancy milks? Whole milk. Nice. <laughs> I love that. Uh, iOS or Android? iOS. Mm-hmm. Same. Forever and always? Uh, I have tried Android. Hmm. I've dabbled. I've dabbled. Yeah. I had a Blackberry once in college. Oh, I've had many Blackberries. Ah, uh, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing Gen Z is going to be like, uh, why? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Do you have a favorite board game? Monopoly. Me too. <gasps> you know that we're rare. Why? Because most people hate Monopoly. Oh, no, I really like it. I love it. Chathan, if the world is ever in a state where we can play Monopoly, I would like for that yeah, to happen. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I will bring scones. Oh, great. I'll bring a love diamond. There we go. Oh my God. Now we're talking. <laughs> okay. Have you ever read a book twice? Yes. Which book? Lots of books. Really? Yeah. What's one that comes to mind? Uh, recent one I read, reread good to great. Oh, really? Yeah. Like lots of like business books have, have been ones that I've read twice. This is like super cliche, but like a lot of the Clay Christensen books are ones that mm-hmm. I think are worth revisiting from time to time. Yeah. There's just, uh, I think that uh, like, I just think that sort of like business books and business strategy books where like the underlying case studies tend to be outdated mm-hmm. and sort of like not mm-hmm. applicable, but yeah, sort of the themes tend to, to carry forward pretty effectively there's another book that i read like i probably have read sort of like every year for the last like several years is higher with your head really sort of um lou adler's sort of framework on how to sort of scale hiring okay you know given my job and sort of like how i interact with the entrepreneurs that i partner with yeah and um sort of like getting involved in hiring at startups and sort of like structuring teams and scaling teams I tend to go back to that book quite a lot. That's a great rack. Mm-hmm. Do you have a pump up song? No. Not I a no, not no. a song where you're like, you're getting ready to make some gulab jamun. You're like, here we go. Gonna put on the pump up song. If I had to like, if somebody was like, put some music on to get excited, yeah. I would probably yes. play Taylor Swift. Really? Any yeah. particular song or album? Oh. I mean, they're all so good. They really are. She's I'm, I'm with you. She's really great. Yeah. I mean, her, her COVID albums have been really great too. I know. I really enjoy her music as well. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Chathan, this was an absolutely incredible lightning round. And I'm so excited that you did me the honor of joining me on non-technical. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. And it's, it's strange that there's content out there now where I don't talk about enterprise software. 
I would argue that we did discuss enterprise software okay. on this podcast. <laughs> so I don't know if there's technically content out there that fits that description just yet, but I would say that the ratio of enterprise software to non-enterprise right. okay. software, favorable, okay. a favorable ratio. Okay, got it. Good. Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, Chathan, where can people find you on the internet if they want to hear more about Gulab Jamun? I actively tweet about Gulab Jamun. Yes, he does. We know. <laughs> I checked. <laughs> <laughs> and my Twitter handle is at Chathan P. Fantastic. And dear listeners, you can find me on Twitter at Gay Alexis Gay or at Non Technical Pod. Chathan, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Awesome. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Oh, yay. I have a review to read. Okay, I'll be honest, I feel a little self-indulgent reading this one on air, but we're going to do it anyway. Logan426 says, love it, five stars. Alexis has such natural charisma and shines as she effortlessly charms her guests into revealing their non-technical sides. Thanks, Logan. And if you want to hear me read your review on the next episode, hop on iTunes, toss me a little review, and include a little corpse speak, a little tech lingo. Okay, that's not necessary. That's just a little fun tidbit for me. And maybe you'll hear it on the next episode. In the meantime, I hope you have a great night, a great week, a great month, a great year, etc. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.